Welcome to this episode of Say Something Interesting. This is the follow-up podcast for East Lake Tri-Cities Church. My name is Megan, and with me is our teaching pastor, Brent. Yes. Hello. Hello. Happy Tuesday. Happy. Yeah, we are uh, recording this on Tuesday, which is not usual for us. But uh, in Mokade, it was yesterday, mm-hmm. and we just took it off because you had it off anyways, yep. and mm-hmm. it was great. So, yeah. Yeah, I had several students today forget that they had certain classes because we're still all online in Pasco right. for high school. And so on Monday, we they have like first hour and second hour. And then on Tuesday, they have third or fourth, whichever one they have, because they only, anyway. Yeah. And then fifth and sixth, right? So they, I had students who were like, what classes do we have today? Uh, it, it's, <laughs> it was so loopy today. I, I was up and, and getting, you know, the kids are getting ready and doing all the things. And I was getting ready to take Clive to preschool. I'm like in my mind, like running through the timeline, like, okay, I can do this and this and I'll take it. Taken to preschool, just knocking the mic over, and uh, and then I remembered it's it's Tuesday. He goes, Monday was a Friday. Oh. I was so thrown off. I was like, Oh, dude, you don't have school today. Never mind. Like, nothing like psyching up a kid to be yeah. like, You want to go see Miss Mandy today? Yeah. You want to go see all your friends today? Yeah. And then be like, Oh, oh never sorry, mind. you're just gonna watch Octonauts on the couch all day. Okay, Dad. He was probably like, Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't care. Yeah. How was your weekend? Uh, it was good. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Do anything fun for the extra day off? Um, I binge-watched all of the season of Bridgerton. Uh, how was that? I've, I've heard yes. mixed reviews yes, on it. Yes, a lot of people have. Yeah. I This is how I feel about it. Um, I liked it yeah. a lot. Okay. Um, kind of a Victorian classic era mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, thing. But right? It's um, produced, created by Shonda Rhimes. It's based off of a book series, which I've never read. Um. And so it has all of that, like, Shonda Rhimes, you know, drama and, like, poor choice making and bad communication is, that you love to hate. Is it Downton Ab- Abbey, just Brown 2? <laughs> um, it's, like, Downton Abbey, NC-17. <laughs> like- oh, okay. <laughs> if Downton Abbey were a porno. Yeah, I mean, maybe not that high, but definitely are. Okay. Um, it's definitely a lot of, there's... Significant amount of sex scenes, especially in the latter half of the sure um, eight episodes. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, I liked it. I like period dramas, though, and yeah. I like period that. dramas. That's the word yeah. I was looking mm-hmm. for earlier. Um, and I enjoy that, like you know, if you would just speak to each other, you wouldn't have any issues. Kind of drama as well, which there was a lot of that, and especially in like the you know late eighteen hundreds when everyone kept all of their feelings to themselves. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's good. It's kind of like a fictional England. Um, so I liked it. Yeah. It was fun. I mean, yeah. clearly I liked it. I watched all eight episodes in three days. Yeah, so. apparently. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, what else did I do? Uh, oh. You texted me when my New Orleans you. Saints lost. Texted him a gif uh, like, of like Anthony Edwards crying on a couch. Yeah, like the <laughs> like as soon as the game was over, like you'd obviously been watching the game and thinking, yeah. I, "I'm going to wait to set press send on this until it's official." And I don't think the it whistle, was officially over. The whistle but it was blew, pretty close. and then I got a te- my phone buzz, and I thought, "Who's texting me while I'm vulnerable?" <laughs> and it was Megan saying, "So sorry for your loss." No, I said, "Is this you right now?" Yeah, crying, the, on crying on a couch. Pretty close. <laughs> And you said something like Pretty that. Pretty bad. Tom Brady <laughs> just does it again. The immortal. Tom Brady, the immortal. Uh, I went but. for a walk by the river yesterday because yeah? it was really pretty. I did a hike, uh, or, uh, a run. A run. It wasn't <laughs> a run. It was a walk, then jog, then walk again sort of thing on Badger Mountain. To be fair, it was Badger Mountain. Okay. But um, 
it was on Saturday with uh, Dave, um, Dave Hughes from church and, and he invited me and uh, it was like super foggy that day too, mm-hmm. but it was, it was like almost ominous running and you're on this hill. So all you can see is fog. You can't really see in front of you or around you. You know that there's like a huge and like a beautiful view, but you can't see anything. It was really weird. Like you usually go on Badger for the view, right? So like you get to the top <laughs> and you're like, wow, look at this beautiful place that we live mm-hmm. in. I didn't know there were trees here. Uh, and then you do this one and you're like, there's no payoff for it. It was still fun. We had a great yeah. time, but um, it was very weird. And then like halfway through, I guess it lifted a, a little bit so you could see. But yeah, it was that's cool. It was crazy. But yeah, it was beautiful yesterday. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. We, uh, yeah, just did, uh, we decided, uh, over the weekend that, uh, we are going to push back our Europe trip another year. Uh, that's so it was one of those emotional, call. like, yeah. oh, okay, we're releasing this. So for back history, in case, you know, you just started listening or whatever, mm-hmm. um, my wife and I celebrated our 15 year an- uh, wedding anniversary last year in June. And our plan was to go to Europe for like two and a half weeks with sans kids. That's, that's really the key part there. <laughs> <laughs> and see a part of the world that we, and I've got an aunt and uncle that live in uh, Brussels, uh, Belgium. And so we were going to kind of stay with them and do like London, Paris, the triangle, and just hit all the spots and then do all the things that we've never done before. And then we'll fly home. Anyways, uh, then everything shut down. So that was like, all right, well, we'll bump it a year. And then we're looking at it again right now going, I don't know, man. I, I just don't know. I, it's, I'm not like fearful of it. It's just, uh, I, I just don't want to go to the Louvre and then be like, well, we're allowing 10% of people in mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be, you know, you have to apply six months in advance mm-hmm. to get through or something dumb. And so we're like, yeah, let's just bag it. Or like something happens right before and like yeah. Europe closes borders. Yeah, or again, like right? Whatever. Yeah. And I got to like quarantine in Paris or something. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I wanna be, if I'm going to go to Paris, I want to go. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so instead, we booked a couple camping trips, put some camping trips. On. If we're not doing Europe, then I'm going to Farragut State Park in Idaho and I'm going to Wallawa <laughs> Lake and Lake Wenatchee. Those are my yeah. plans. So we my got some good friends that I on. went on the walk with yesterday we were both, um, the three of us were like, so are we camping again this summer? Yeah. Cause we've done, the three of us have, um, not, it hasn't been every year so far, but twice. Are these seaside friends? Or yeah. Is that- these are my okay. seaside friends. Okay. Twice we've gone camping at seaside and we've always really liked it. And last year when we went, we were like, we should make this an annual thing. Like we should just always yeah, do this. For sure. Um, so yesterday one of them was like, are, are we on for that? And I was like, yeah. We're doing that every year now. There's so. something about having like that annual thing <laughs> yeah. where you're like, I know it's going to happen. Like we do, I do the Vegas thing in, in March uh, with the guys and we're in like the throes of it right now because mm-hmm. it's 60 days out and um, the NCAA just came out today and announced that the tournament starts a day later than we thought it would, which means, I don't know, we're going to have to probably move our flights a little bit because <laughs> um, we're not going to miss any of it. So anyways... <laughs> That kind of messes us all up, but it's nice. It's so great to have like mm-hmm. a, a something on the calendar. Where you're like, this is, I, I do this every year. It's just a matter of, can I find a cheaper option on that week that I'm there? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's great. So yeah. good for you. So we're yeah. excited um, to head back up, do the Silverwood thing with the kids and just get out and do more camping this year. That's our plan. Nice. So yeah, Solid. super stoked about it. Solid. Um, yeah, it's good. Um, so on Sunday we finished off our, our teaching series letters to our next president because tomorrow is by the way inauguration day happy yeah. inauguration week happy inauguration um, week. this only happens like a few times in our life guys you know i'm not saying that you know we're like old but you it know, only happens every four or eight years four or eight you know what i mean like <laughs> you might go through 10 15 of these max in your whole life i i guess, I guess uh, it was you know four years not this but you know what i mean um and uh so and i'm 
sure everything you probably can't get within five square miles of, oh, it's of already, the Capitol building over there. I NPR was like starting the news and I was driving over here. Are you planning on watching tomorrow? I don't know if I'll like watch watch, but I'll probably like peek in and see yeah. stuff is going. Um but NPR was saying on the news that Virginia's already closed all the bridges to the city and like yeah. So yeah, I'm sure you can't get in or out of the city. Yeah. <laughs> what was that <laughs> Batman movie where they closed all uh, I remember Oh, the, wasn't it Dark Knight? Was it the Dark Knight Rises or Dark Knight? I, I don't one know. Of those. They closed all it was the one of the Christian the Bale ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just let them do their thing in there. Yeah. And then <laughs> we'll come in later. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if I plan on watching it either, but I will mm-hmm. probably. I mean, our phones are probably going to be buzzing with all mm-hmm. kinds of updates from. I'm sure you know, I'll like everything else, but. watch some of the speeches later or at least parts of some of the speeches later. But I don't know if I'll watch it live. Yeah. Yep. Um, so anyways, uh, as I mentioned in the uh, talk on Sunday, still no response uh, from anybody <laughs> from our letters to the president. That's fine. I, I didn't expect anything in return. Um, just our way of except for you're of, mentioning it. Well, so maybe I'm like a little, a little hurt, part of a little you hurt. Um, uh, <laughs> thought he was for the people. Um, just kidding. Here's open letters. Obviously, uh, even for us, it's tongue in cheek, right? We we can we can point at something and offer critiques or advice, and really, what we're doing is just pointing out our own flaws and how we need to lead with moral authority. We need to have the kind of uh, you know initiative, or we need to be smart in this way about making decisions that are for our uh, the betterment of ourselves, rather than always trying to please us. I mean, that's that really comes down mm-hmm. to it in terms of even personal discipline. For those of you who are doing um you know uh the new year's resolutions or trying to trying to eat healthier i'm trying to walk more i'm trying to do this or do this you you know what the battle between what am i trying to do to please myself versus what is going to help lead myself into a better spot uh and we just tried to take that on kind of a national level and say that's the kind of leader that is necessary for leading uh, a rich nation with rich nation problems and we are exactly that and uh yeah so cuz it's easy to um not lead that way with near a rich nation that's why you need a leader who will actively choose that yeah and i think the the current format of the immediacy of news and the instantaneous feedback of social media offer this to be an even harder thing Mm -hmm. to pull off and you're not sure whether it was uh uh, like a like a current u.s president's just personality or if it's just like this job got exponentially more difficult with this kind of immediate feedback mm-hmm. um, that it'll be interesting to see how uh, Biden does with with all of this now. Yeah. And what- I would say even at a like congressional level, you can see that impact because I would say even our congressional leaders aren't leading, aren't leading from their knowledge, aren't leading from their wisdom. They're leading with trying to be reelected. So they're leading. Yeah with this like populace in their pocket in terms mm-hmm. of Twitter, social media, whatever, instead of saying, I know like what's going to happen. I know I have more information. I can see into the future just a little bit further than you. Like, can you trust that you've elected me and you, I can be your leader and, and our nation can't right now. Right. And so how do we change? How do we heal that? How do we move forward with that? Do you think that the average American thinks that about our leaders? No. That they have more information than we do about Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah. I think most people go, I know the exact same things that you know. So therefore, the fact that you're making a decision that's opposite (laughs) of mine 
means that you just interpret the information differently than I do. I know, but it's so like, it shouldn't be that way. Like uh, our leaders should have a big picture view. They should have a different view than us. Like as a citizen, my view is very limited. Right. But as a leader, your view needs to be from, you know, 10,000 feet. Yeah. And so like how, like, so they should have more information. They should have different information. than Which, would, which would then position them to make decisions that don't match up to what you yes. would do in that situation, which would re- then require a level of trust yes. on your end to say, but I'm going to trust that we you don't know trust more. our That's leaders the right now <laughs> as a country. But th- and then the they problem. have that distrust in their pocket every single day. Yes. Yes. So then my question is, can you get that level of trust in a, in an a, in an information age where I think I can look up anything I want on the internet and get relative truth to this to to, to inform my viewpoint that I know as much maybe more I don't know I, I don't, don't know, know the answer to this I know I feel like that's a personal choice you have to choose to do that right but how do you how do you get to the place where you can I just don't think people are that's, yeah. <laughs> so like how do you like even now like i don't know if i could get to that place either right or do you um, trust them to make where decisions? i would trust that i mean i do i think you know i am a rule follower enough and uh like you know that kind of person enough that i can think okay i they know more than me like they have more information than me like, i think that they would make good choices right or whatever for certain people not all of them necessarily mm-hmm and so I think I could maybe get to that point, right? But it would be hard. I'd have to like walk myself through it. It wouldn't be just a natural thing. And we do this in certain areas, like we're okay with it. And we've talked in the past about how in the, in, when it comes to vaccines, you know, you would say, I'm for it. Let's go for it. Mm-hmm. I think the science is sound. I think that the people know what they're doing. I know it was quote unquote rushed, but I think that they went through all the processes that they need to be, right? But that's again, trusting the scientific process of something, which I get it why people are like, I don't know if I trust that. I don't know, <laughs> right? Because I mm. I think that um, there is a lack of distrust there. And maybe we just don't yeah. know where is the line for where we trust and when we don't. That's the yeah. thing though. And like government rises and falls on mm-hmm. trust of leadership. Oh, for sure. Like everything rises and falls on the trust of the people a right. bit, right? Right. All of our government agencies are dependent on our trust of them. Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean you don't like question or you don't yeah. like try that and improve. There's not checks and balances. That was the beauty of whatever, the American right? yeah. government structures, but the checks and balances. Like our economy, our government, our science, all of it rides on the populist trust. Right. Yeah. There's no part of our society in this world that doesn't rely on populist trust of our systems. And yet, as I got off the stage on Sunday and I thought about the talk and I knew going into it that this might not be a popular take on it because of so much distrust. Because yeah. what I was saying is essentially a more conservative, not like Democrat, Republicans, yeah. mm-hmm. but a, a, a Burkean sort of conservatism of, well, the govern a, a self-governing government requires a level of trust. And if there's a decision that I don't like, there's a degree at which I have to be like, they just, there must be an asymmetry of information and I'm just going to trust. Not that I'm like blindly trusting everything, because that's that would be the pushback I think from mm-hmm. somebody listening on Sunday. And I think, well, and, I think there's some of that too. Of and like, maybe hey, man, even like in our age work. of information, okay, I think maybe there's an asymmetry of information, like maybe that being your first thought instead of saying they're wrong, they don't know anything. Yeah, your first thought is what do I not know? What do I not know? Yeah, and then maybe strive to find out what you don't know. Yes, right. But as much as you can. But 
I have to also then trust that there are. There's probably things I'm never going to. I'll know. never know, yeah. and I and I shouldn't know. And I and yeah. uh, I would say I'm American. I have the right to know what my government's doing, and like, but it's not my job. Like that's what mm-hmm. we have. Some that's what CIA, FBI. Yeah. <laughs> like they're supposed to know things that I don't know. Like yeah. I want to be able to sleep at night and to take my kids to a park sure. and feel safe. Yeah. Um. I don't want to know everything. Exactly. But I need to know that the people who do know are making the right decisions. Yeah. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. It's just not as simple as what that when you go on Twitter and you read people who just blast everything one way or the other, right? You're like, yeah. well, that's because the world is not black and white. I know, I know. Like, I know. there is no right or wrong or right. yes or no. Like in in the real world, right? Yeah. It's in the human world. There's no black and white. It's right. all shades of gray. And so, where do you where do you line up? Where do you like stand firm, right? And I, you know, it's hard to answer that sometimes. So do you agree that time has a, a, the ability over time to prove things uh, better than the average? Okay, because well, we, okay, let's assume we're dealing with an asymmetry of information. I have to trust you to do it, that, make the right decision in that moment. Even in those moments, it doesn't feel right. You, you make that decision. I, I don't like it. But do I have the runway or is there enough runway for me to come back and be like, let me suspend judgment on whether that was good or bad for a while. Now, I do think the in-demand and how fast technology moves and our life moves, that 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 runway has feels like it's gotten shorter, right? You've got maximum of four years mm-hmm. to to convince me that you're the right person for this job. Mm-hmm. And really, I think it's le- I think it's way it's less way than less that. than that, yeah. Uh, I think it's like I need to know within a year. Uh, and then my decision on whether this was the right decision to go this direction or not. Um, and I don't, I, I, I don't know. I think that that's a really tough, again, that requires trust. Yeah. Trust that this is going to be the right thing. This is good for you. Um, and we just want to know right here, then and now. And that's just a, uh, a false way of, of like doing life. Really. And it's not fair to anybody. It's not yeah. fair to yourself. It's not fair to the It's other like going person. back to your doctor. Be like, to you prescribed system. me these pills. I took them yesterday. I feel crappy today. Still. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, trust me. It's going to take 28 days. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> because it's not like, that's not how, that's not how the world works. Right. It's not how anything works. Nothing right. happens that immediately, which is like, but if I want noodles delivered to my house by five fifteen tonight, <laughs> I can get that Megan. <laughs> I'm, I'm being I know, honest. I know. I'm being honest. I know. And if I want to stream Wonder Woman, I don't want to even have to wait for it to go to the theater. <laughs> I, I want to sign up for HBO Max and have it tonight. I understand that. Now, I've heard it's not a great movie, so I don't want to watch it. But <laughs> if I wanted to, it's nice to know that I could have it. But like in actual, like, yeah, deep, like, and what meaningful you, things. And what you hear from people uh, this year is... Can you like, especially like, cause they couldn't go travel. And so I, sp- I talked about camping earlier mm-hmm. and I've got uh, a couple of friends who work in either the camping industry or the boating industry. And those industries got just hammered this last year because oh, yeah. nobody could spend their money on anything else. And so they bought campers and boats. And the, the, the thing that you hear most is, man, I ordered this boat months ago. I ordered, this is again, rich person problems. <laughs> I ordered like my super camper months ago and it just got <laughs> delivered. Can you believe that garbage? <laughs> I mean, you should be thankful you can buy a camper. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Uh, no, I agree. I'm just saying that that's, yeah, uh, again, the the play out. It's just weird how that it all just. Yeah. Functions. I know. We are, Prime, Prime so has ruined us. Anima, it's, it's, it's ruined us. It's ruined us. Yeah. We're like, we have to have it now. Well, yeah. that's not how a lot of things work. Okay. <laughs> be patient. <laughs> 
Oh man. Uh, I know. Um yeah. Speaking of now, I um and the demand for now, I, I shared a, a tweet um the other day about a story that I read about vaccination tourism. Did you hear about this? No. In Florida and, and Texas. So all you had to do in Florida and Texas is to prove that you were over 60. Every every state was given the opportunity to, to figure out how to roll out their mm-hmm. vaccine distribution, right? Um, and so I just mentioned before the podcast started that yesterday, Washington announced that if you're over 65, you can go get it. Good news to you if you're over 65 listening to this, like figure it out, call your health provider, do that thing, get that, let's get it done. Um, but that was that was how it kind of came out of the gate in Florida and Texas. And so all you had to do is prove you're over, over 65. Were people like traveling there? From to get- Toronto. Whoa. From Puerto Rico. Wow. They didn't even have to prove citizenship. They were just coming wow. and getting... And what happens is then uh, they had in Texas people lined up in cars. Some guy slept out in his truck for two nights so he wouldn't lose his spot in line oh to be able to gosh. get this vaccine. That just seems wow. Which <laughs> is <just> crazy. <laughs> you got to do this in two weeks again. You know that, right? Or yeah. four weeks or whatever it is. I don't know. But, 20 days. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that is crazy. Yeah. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. So pretty wild. Mm-hmm. But um, again, not wanting to feeling like we are <laughs> deserving of this and I'll camp in my car and you better give anyways. Uh, any other thoughts that um, were a yeah. part of that? You, you have notes on your phone. I can I see. Do. I do. I'm trying to remember. Um, just that time. Oh, um, well, you talked a lot about being disciplined in times of plenty, which is really, really, really hard. It's like one of the hardest things ever. Um, like I just got a pretty big pay increase because I got a new job. And I, yeah, yeah, I am like, oh, I, I should like have a budget or something, <laughs> right? Like, I, I should be paying better attention, but I'm not paying as close attention as I was before. Um, so like, I was like, that was very relevant to me, which I think is pretty relevant to everybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then the other thing I was thinking of is, um, in terms of your own personal leadership, you talked about parenting a lot, but I think about it also as being like a teacher. Um, and like, you really need to be the adult in the relationship. You need to be the person that's at 10,000 feet making decisions that are good for like the benefit of the kids you are leading or the other people you're leading. If you're a manager or a leader in an industry, um, because that's what they need from you. That's what they want from you. And even, even when kids grumble or are like angry at you for having boundaries or being that leader or whatever, I have found the students that I am often most like dis- like disciplined the most or am most boundaried with or have like the most conflicts with, often I am their favorite teacher. Or I'm like they really enjoy me or really like me as an adult because they can trust that I am going to lead them well and I'm going to not be their friend. I'm going to be their adult and I'm going to make choices that are good for them and for their benefit. Um, and they don't have to worry about making those choices because they know that I will guide them through that process because I know better and I know more. Um, And so like just that call again to be an adult to the children that you guide uh, because that's what they want and that's what they need even when they fight against it. Yeah. And that is tough. And I I mentioned that analogy because I think we've all seen the people, the parents who are so eager to please their kids that they don't actually lead them well. And you never look at that and be like, you know what? That's a good parent right there. That's giving that kid everything he wants, you know. Uh, and to be honest, those kids don't, like, that relationship isn't healthy either. Yeah. And, like, your kids won't grow up and respect you for that. Yeah. You know, they might enjoy it at the time, but 
there also comes a time when you need to be the parent. Agreed. I love it. Or the teacher, whatever. <laughs> we had a question come in yeah. uh, from one of our comment cards. Thank you to uh, Greta Beard, Aubrey's uh, mom. Yes, it's Aubrey Pitzer's mom. Yeah, to uh, who is also, by the way, watches from out of town. Uh-huh. I, I believe they live in Portland or just yeah. outside of Portland. So, Greta, this is from you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> her comment was, we are definitely a rich nation, and many of us live in relative ease, yet the gap between the haves and the have-nots seems to be growing. Thoughts on how we should respond or act given this disparity. Um, and that article that I mentioned uh, earlier uh, in the talk, right off the top of the uh, talk, was the reality or the, uh, the the prosperity and the skepticism, which is exactly dealing with something like that. Here's the reality of kind of the um, current state of economics, home economics in America, uh, and then the the skepticism of some people reading these, going, "Well, that's not me, or that's not us, or the lack of." Um, the feel of it from lower income housing and lower income jobs to be like, this is not affecting me the same way that it's affecting you. Um, the stats in it, in that article, and I linked, by the way, that whole entire article in uh, the notes. So if you go to eastlaketricities.com slash notes, or if you pull up the notes within the app, you'll see a link to, to be able to take you right there. Cause I can't even remember where that, or what site that was on. It was a different site, but um, talked about the difference between the, uh, the job employment comeback from uh, w- uh, jobs with the salary above a certain threshold being like most white collar jobs came back like 90%. Mm-hmm. Uh, most entry level jobs came back only at 60%. So you've got like 40 and those numbers are not exact, not, you know, you'd have to read the article to get the exact numbers, but a significant number of those lower income jobs did not come back in the same way, which we know to be true because mm-hmm. restaurants are still, at least in our state, very much closed. A, mm-hmm. a lot of the um, uh, jobs that are are more blue collar have not, factory jobs were slow in coming back. Hard to work from home uh, when you're required to be on site to produce something, whereas a, a more uh, information uh, job or whatever, telework is an option. And so- Absolutely. This is a, a definite feeling of, of it's funny to talk about rich nation problems and then, and then, you know, not be aware or not be uh, aware of the have nots. And, and I didn't, uh, I definitely don't mean to not point that out. I think that that's a big deal. And I think that's a big issue that we're going to have to come to grips with and, and have this incoming president provide some leadership of making strong choices that reflect an awareness of the discrepancy between these two groups of people. And what do we, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we make decisions that uh, put us in uncomfortable? I don't know if this is the right thing to do, but do I trust that you have better numbers than me or an asymmetry of information to kind of push things through that make me uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. working that way. So, yeah. I don't have any other thoughts on that, but yeah. Thanks, Brent. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> me neither. But um, I think it's a good question. And I think that's I think, really I think that's relevant. the question of the time in terms of like economics in our country. And yeah, and if this were an economic podcast, I yeah. would I would assume we'd have more to say on that. Yeah. Um because it's not, I would say <laughs> that Jesus ministry is mm-hmm. very much geared towards I read something even today all levels of society. So 
to say that it's geared for the poor, it is for the poor, not to the exclusion of the rich. Mm -hmm. Nicodemus was one of Jesus's secret followers. He was probably a very wealthy person. Joseph of Arimathea, very wealthy person who comes in afterwards, pays to get Jesus properly buried. I mean, he had lots of followers from the, the wide spectrum of stuff. But to uh, to exclude to to say he's for the rich at, at the expense of the poor that would be completely untrue too, right? Yeah. He's like, well, I mean, I, I've got Jesus challenges is about for breaking those boundaries, right? It's yeah. about like where is the inequity? Where is the system failing people? Yeah, and and how am I stepping into that space? Right, and how am I like bridging that gap between like someone having the ability to live well and someone not having the ability to live well. Yeah. And so as a society, I think Jesus would say, how are you bridging that gap? How are you stepping in? How are you pulling people into a place where they can live well and live healthily and not be so bound up in their human needs that they can't think of anything else. Right. Right. And so like, that's where, that's the space Jesus steps into. Mm Mm-hmm. And how do we create a community where we, we'd say when you start, when you walk through the doors of this church, and they didn't have church, but when you walk through the doors of this community for him, the Jesus way, um, all of these external labels that are placed on people um, are gone. Mm-hmm. And there's a level of brother and sister, neither Jew nor Greek, Gentile, all that kind of stuff of uh, th- there's, there is no boundaries. We're all, we're all in the same kind of boat, mm-hmm. even though when you, walk back out these doors you're going to go back into the world where there's going to be rich people and poor people but um and there's going to be this and that and the other thing but you know while while it's here it's it's different and what what if it could always look like this what if it what if you treated what if even though the world operated in that way what if you in your mind didn't operate in that way yeah what if you thought through that's my brother that's my sister so Mm -hmm. anyways yeah good stuff yeah Uh, anything else no i'm good all right uh, let's do our something interesting. I believe you started. I, so that means that yeah, I'm up first. first. Mm-hmm. Um, so my wife and I, uh, have, we don't watch a lot of cooking shows. She, she's the cook in the house mm-hmm. for sure. She's just better at it than I am. And, um, I, it's not that for my lack of trying, it's just, it doesn't, I, I will grill, I will barbecue. I will do any of, I'll smoke ribs. All the man cooking. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Um, if there's toast or macaroni and cheese that needs to be boiled, I can I can make that happen. But she likes it. That's her hobby. She's doing mm-hmm. it for even some family members and friends right now too, um, which has been beneficial for me. But um, we do love one cooking show, and we watch it together. What is it? And it is Hell's Kitchen. Oh, wow. We, that surprises me that she lo- likes that show. We love Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> and they, there's a new season that just started. It's Hell's Kitchen Las Vegas. Oh. And so you add in all kinds of things with that, mm-hmm. and they're doing it. Uh, they have. They, I remember seeing the Hell's Kitchen shop on the strip, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I've never eaten in one. I, I've never Because it's like that. an open kitchen, right? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, open kitchen. I mean, I guess I haven't been inside, but yeah. that's how it is on the show, yeah. right? So I guess that's how it'd be. But um, I think that the, um, I think that the difference between who Gordon Ramsay portrays on television and who he is in real life uh-huh. is hilarious. Yeah. Um, because do you think he's nicer in real? Do you think oh, he's nicer in real? Like absolutely. on on MasterChef Kids, the way he is with those kids is that what on you think every he's other like, show yeah. he puts on this. <laughs> thing but i love it it's like <laughs> like this hardcore get out of here you know yeah. if you can't saute those mushrooms the way that i like or these freaking scallops are burnt you know you're awful you're an awful human being uh i i just i love the 
dynamics at play in that show. Um, <laughs> it's kind of cheesy. Like yeah. I know it's cheesy. Uh, and I'm not really like a, I, again, I'm not a, I'm not a cook, but I'd like to think that I could be. And so there's a little <laughs> bit of that at play. There's scenery from Vegas. Um, so it's just, it's really okay. great. It's only like two episodes into the season. And, uh, there is a guy on there. His name is Declan. Mm-hmm. He's an, uh, from Northern Ireland. Yeah. I was like, that's an Irish name right there. Oh dude, that guy could read a phone book and I would be entertained. <laughs> I love the accent. He's so passionate about it. He's like big old dude, bright red hair. <laughs> Uh, if he has any hair, I don't even remember. I, I think it's like maybe just facial hair. Anyways, uh, he's so great, man. They're, he's so excited about his food. Just like I just enjoy those kind of people, man. Well, You're so great. passionate. It's so great. So check it out. I think it's on Fox. Yeah, I don't even know what we watched it on Hulu, so I, I have no idea what night yeah. it's actually on. But that's cool. Yeah. Great. What do you um, got? I got some fun facts about platypus. <gasps> Ooh. Did you platypus are the like only the weirdest animal mammal ever. bird uh, with no what is it a mammal that lays eggs that's yeah what it they is. lay eggs yep. um so apparently they have just like um coded their DNA or like decoded their genome or whatever okay. so they which um has kind of like, like where the heck did these come from yeah. no that's like legit <laughs> why they're like what WTF like did what are you a bird yeah. mate with but- a fish basically what they figured out is that they are like the link between like the evolutionary link between birds and mammals okay because, i mean i guess that makes the most yeah, sense because right? they I, have they share a, a decent amount of dna with birds which is why they lay eggs uh-huh and have like wings almost they like, don't have wings they're like flippers though. they're flippers yeah but they but, look like wings I don't um know. They're and not like tiny like flippers and they're, they're like duck big. build yeah duck so they build. have like a they have a duck bill um, they don't have teeth. They just have like mashers. Um, okay. And they lay eggs because they have. So apparently egg laying is has three genes that code for egg laying. And two of them have to do with like developing the yolk. And then um, and pl- duck-billed platypus only have one of the genes. So they still lay the egg, but they have mammaries. Like they they produce milk, which is why they're a mammal. But they don't have mammary glands, so they don't have, like, nipples. They just, like, sweat out milk, and that's how they feed their young, right? It's, like, the weirdest thing ever. I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? (laughs) Um, One of my favorite lines of any movie ever. And um, unlike – so they also have sex – or 10 sex chromosomes. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, man. She watched Bridgerton. Now everything's about sex. No, but like most mammals have two, most animals have two, but the duckbill platypus have 10 sex chromosomes that like code for whether it's male or female. And then the final thing that they just found out is that they have fluorescent fur. So their fur will like fluoresce green under a, under a black light. Oh, interesting. Which is crazy. That was, those are my fun facts that I found out from reading this science article about duckbill platypus. And have you ever like, seen one in real life? No, I haven't, but I did go, like I lived in Australia, which is where they're from. Um, but I never saw one. I feel like I saw one at the Seattle Aquarium. Oh, maybe. I can't, I don't, don't, don't quote me on that. <laughs> don't, don't put it down and publish it. I, I don't know for sure. But, but I feel like I've seen one, and that, that would they're be- like legit one of the most bizarre animals on this yeah, planet. That's wild. Yeah, because they're a mammal, but and they kind of look like a beaver. Now they're not. There's none in America. Uh, uh-uh, they're just in Australia. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe I did not see it in the Seattle Aquarium. That would make more well. Sense. I mean, they yeah, could I mean, like they could import it or whatever. But, but 
Yeah, they are native to Australia. Australia has all the weird animals. They do. Because they're the only they're the only continent that has um that has oh my gosh, I just lost it. The pouch animals, marsupials. There we go. Ah. Yeah. Um and and because anyway, but but every other does that have to do with southern hemisphere? No, it probably has to do with the detachment of Australia from other continents at a certain point in evolution. So they just all and then over there. and so what happened is per, we there were probably marsupials everywhere, and then in other parts of the world, like non marsupial mammals became more prominent and were able to like take over those spaces. But there wasn't competition probably on Australia. And so the marsupials kind of flourished and took over those spaces that mammals would have in other places. Interesting. Yeah. Look at you coming up with something super interesting today. I know, right? Huh? Yeah. Science teacher. <laughs> Science teacher to the rescue. <laughs> good stuff. Um, good. That'll do it for today's yeah. episode. Uh, we kick off a new series on Sunday called Nudge. Um, and it's going to be a, a series on kind of disciplines and and all those things that you kind of probably hope for in the first two weeks of january um <laughs> just coming at you a little bit late just because it's pushed back for the inauguration piece and uh it'll be great i'm excited yeah. for it uh we'll be online at 10 a.m with the live stream we uh did the pre-service you and my wife we did, did the pre-service this week and mm-hmm. we showed it in the main auditorium for everybody i know in there. how did that go i think it went well okay i think it was fun i think you got a few more people participating in the chat perhaps i um, feel like all the chat people were not in the main auditorium. That's, I don't know. I saw some people on their phone. Okay. They might have been checking stocks. I have no idea. what they, It looked like they were playing the game, but maybe not. Um, if you're interested in coming in person, yeah. we've got some spots we'd love to fill up. Uh, we can do up to 103 in the main auditorium and then the rest online. So, um, But if you're interested, please RSVP at EastLakeTriCities.com. There'll be a button right there when you get there. Or download the app and figure it out when there. That'd be great, too. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it yeah. for today's episode. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see Bye. you next week.